I could make it super complicated about, oh, it was this great journey and it was this great thing that I did. It's not. It's about having great time with great people and understanding that people are motivated by creativity and innovation. And now, your podcast hosts, Andre and Christian. Welcome to another exciting episode of Connecting for Future. I'm your host, Christian, and joining me is my co-host, Andre Brusiak. Andre, how are you doing? Hey, Christian. Doing great, as always. And today, we got a special guest with us, John Buckle. He's commercial director at Differentiated. John, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. And I'm looking forward to having a, a great and interesting chat with you guys today. Today, folks, we are diving deep into the intersection of technology and sustainability. It's a topic that's not just crucial, but also incredibly fascinating. John, let's kick things off. You have an impressive background in sales and marketing. Can you share a bit about your journey and how your unique blend of skills has shaped your approach to enterprise technology? What a question to start with, folks. Um, uh, I should have prepped, no? Um, so, I guess... Fundamentally, what I realized really early on is that people buy from people and they're inspired by both creativity and innovation. And my belief is that's the same if you're in uh, business to consumer or you're in business to business. Humans are humans and they're inspired by those things. So my journey has always been predicated on that principle. And the best way I could say that I kind of lean into that is simply trying to have a great day at work. Uh, because if I am other people are more likely to. So I could make it super complicated about, oh, it was this great journey and it was this great thing that I did. It's not. It's about having great time with great people and understanding that people are motivated by creativity and innovation. That's uh, that's great, John. I mean, it, with your skill set, right, you could have done anything else in lots of creative spaces, but you chose like the sales and marketing to be a professional and you stand out with your creativity. If, I mean, if, if people look you up in LinkedIn, they know that um, you're pretty fast in, in, in producing creative videos, having some awesome content on there. So How did you end up in sales and marketing? Well, um, firstly, my training was to be an investigative journalist. So I trained to be an investigative journalist. Um, to pay for my course, I needed to get a job. So I got a Christmas job at a Vodafone store in Nottingham in the UK on a Christmas temp contract. No joke. No kidding. In 1999, right? <laughs> so I was selling top-up cards and accessories and leather cases because they were a thing. And and I simply did it to pay for my Masters of Arts in Investigative Journalism. Little did I know, my friends, that what that would then turn into is not only a passion for meeting people, but also understanding technology and then merging it with my favorite bit of life which is fun and then after about 18 jobs later um, I ended up doing all of the sales jobs in Vodafone UK I did most of them in Vodafone business and then I figured that I needed to go back to school because the world was changing around me so I went to Google school that's right Google school and I did a digital marketing course whilst I was leading a sales function and what we did was we ended up creating a pitch which I now know was something called account-based marketing but it didn't exist then so I blended the best of sales 
and marketing in one in a pitch that ended up winning a big bit of business, but set me on a path. And essentially, it allowed me one day for a sales director to say, hey, John, would you like to cover a maternity job in marketing? And I said, yeah, why not? Uh, Actually, that's not quite the story. The story was, um, would you like to? Because there's lots of people that are interviewing. So what I did is I recorded a short 30 second video at the first ever Vodafone shop that I worked in in 1999. And I told him the story of why it could only be me to take this job. And after that, uh, lots of other things happened. And then I arrived here. But but that's how I did it. And especially with those videos, John, I still remember one of the last videos you did. It was so touchy, right? Because it's it's how you produce those videos and how important videos are to go a different way in terms of a USB. Can you give some tips and tricks like how, how would it be best like to produce good videos? Well, um, a million euro question my friend right and actually i take a lot of advice from you two guys you do good videos the best way i could the best way i could bring it together is forget about the video if you remember that people in b2b and b2c are motivated by creativity and innovation then if you forget about the video and create great stories then the video itself will come and i'll tell you a fact i am annoying to, to be around most of the time i'm great on podcasts by the way I'm, a, I'm like the best version of me but i'm always taking like short little clips on my mobile of everything I'm doing. Uh, so we at B-roll, as it, as I would call it, is just background footage of things that are moving, static shots. And the reason I'm doing that is I will have an idea for a story, not a video, a story, which will come in three parts. Um, and then I will work out how the story comes across to be emotive or funny or engaging or serious in the edit. So so you don't know beforehand what you need from the footage, so you just produce it and then in the end you, you try to adjust it. And, and So I create the background footage, which ends up creating the story, but I normally have a three chapters in my mind, but the, it, comes, it comes alive in the edit. You find the story and you find the material in the edit, Andre. So um, my, I'm a big, I take my inspiration from YouTube a gentleman called Casey Nyset, my hero. And I went to his film school last year. I put my through through film school and I made two movies in his style. And I credit this storytelling style to him. So you, you have a lot of cloud space then huh? with all the videos <laughs> you're producing. Um, uh, 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 the, uh, terabytes of iCloud, terabytes of Google Drive. I'm overpaying for all sorts of things, right? But things are backed up and pumped backed up. Um, if it wasn't for the cloud, if it wasn't for technology, if it wasn't for the things that you do in your industry, this couldn't happen. So creators need makers. And actually, I made a, a movie just on that subject this week. The time has changed a lot, right? So especially looking into sales, marketing, so the different roles. What is your experience about the last two or three years? Can you talk a little bit about those changes and what impact this has? Well, of course, and, and coming out of the COVID pandemic that we all uh, featured, obviously, the world of sales and marketing kind of changed. In fact, I, I don't really see any line between the two departments. I just think it's customer stuff that's a very english phrase stuff it's a it, it, customer things um and, and the departments that behind the scenes customers don't care who's doing stuff no one goes hey a great marketing campaign guys well uh, or, or they oh, great sales campaign they don't they're just they're just like seeing things and then doing doing things on them so what's changed christian is is technology has accelerated to make those lines even thinner so teams have to work even closer together to create things that promote creativity 
and innovation. Um, an example would be, now this is based on the movie I've just wrote and, and, uh, and performed, um, uh, but Ericsson, for example, now they're a provider of network kit that sits in the ingredient layer of all of the mobile and fixed networks. What they're doing is providing a software-defined future of connectivity, which allows us all to have faster access, it's more sustainable for the planet, and it enables people to do more with 5G Advanced, the next version of connectivity, and it's the operators that all creators will use will get the benefit of it. So the reason I'm telling you that story is because I found that story. I found it really, really interesting. But if it wasn't for that technology moving at the same pace, then the things I could do would be limited. So um, creators need makers. Um, uh, innovators need great technology partners. Absolutely. I mean, Christian just touched upon the topic of sustainability, which is very important these days. What do you think? How's, how is technology paving the way for a more sustainable and green future? Well, um, this is an important feature uh, for everybody. Um, from a UK perspective, um, this is super important because all Organizations of certain sizes now have to report on the impact that they're making to the world. In the UK, we call it class one and class two emissions. But in the next period, that people are also going to have to report on class three, which is the supply chain side. So organizations as they look with for technology vendors to do cool things with, they need to know that that technology vendor is doing things in a sustainable way. So like I just mentioned, the Ericsson um, uh, Path to 5G Advance, those guys um, are definitely laying the, the groundwork for. But sustainability as a, as a subject, um, it should be on everybody's uh, agenda, not just the largest organizations in the world. And if I can be honest, it means something to me. Purposeful, conscientious capitalism and doing things with meaning, as I've got older, are becoming more and more important to me. Again, in the in one of the things that fascinates me is the revolution that's being created by B Corp. Now, B Corp are a set of organizations that you, you change your legal structure of your company to sign up for, and then that allows you to have a badge of honor. But something that's really meaningful, I want to buy things from people that are B Corps. It, I think it's a great thing. So I think it's, it's less maybe about the sustainability angle. It's more about how people are associating purpose and value to things that are people that are doing good things. Um, um, that's a big, long, complicated answer, Andre. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but but it's true. I mean, uh, talking about purpose, my feeling was actually that the concept of purposefulness, is that the word? I think, mm. um, like, like reached a maximum like two or three years ago and then it went down a, a little. It, it was a big hype around everything needed to have a purpose. And, and now mm. it, it's like on the hype cycle, it goes down a little. And you're saying it's more important than ever. What do you think is the correct view currently? Well, I, I, I think it is. The, the, I think it's more important than ever for the way generations in our society are moving. So um, we are obviously very young, so part of a few different generations. <laughs> the, the older the older people in front of us, they'll have different views. But on a, on a serious point, we um, we we it differentiated. So uh, we're a sales and marketing creative agency, and we went out to research what people content people want to hear and what forms um, and what's really really interesting when I go out and speak with clients all the clients I speak to 
have folks that are focusing on sustainability. So, so to the point, Andre, um, uh, it's not a, just a buzzword. People have now got actual careers and jobs and mortgages that are. This is a thing that's not going away, and it's part of everyday life. Uh, and I think I think that's a good thing. I, I don't think there's downsides that I can see at the moment. Of course, there will be, but I can't see them. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of jobs coming up right now. So w when was the first time you heard about a prompt engineer? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but but I would say my experience in the world that governments and uh, authorities have always wanted to try and promote um, innovation and excitement and access. It's the way that we, we operate as a society. You guys have the middle... Uh, the mid um, the uh, mid-market, the, the creators, the makers, yeah. the Mitterstein. Um, that's an active way for your community to drive purposeful innovation, driving at scale. When I was young, I was in a, something called the Young Enterprise, like award scheme, and we made Christmas cards at this time of year. I was the sales and marketing director of that company at 16, and my friend did the drawings. We sold them, blah, blah, blah. The reason I'm telling that is we've always had purposeful things to do But I think now we are more aware and more educated to the world that's around us because it's got smaller as a result of news, social media, access for information. That's a good and it can be a bad thing because not all information is exactly what it seems. So I think it's important for to have authoritative, clear, truthful voices in the world. And John, do you still write Christmas cards or would you rather go into videos? What a great question, right? No one sends me Christmas cards. I don't send any, right? <laughs> and, and, the, and, and the practical reality is I, I'd like to see people in person. Now, at the moment, I, I'm just currently uh, arranging some surprises for the clients I've worked with this year. Now, given this is just a chat between three friends, you're not obviously going to tell anyone that, but, you know, that's what I've been doing today. But of course, it's no, no paper. It's all it's all. Digital Christian, but um, I think again back to that purposeful. I um, I collect vinyl, right? Uh, so I I'm a big music fan. But right here next to my desk is 50, 60 records dating back from 1965 to today. Um, that's an example that records goes like, a, like 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 real records. records. Wow, yeah, like records. <laughs> this this album here by Della Soul um, was super rare. And you couldn't get it on Spotify, right? You couldn't because they didn't have the rights. I've John, been to... now, now you, you, you told us we, we are not that young anymore, I think. <laughs> no, but the story is um, you, I attach purpose and value to this bit of physical medium, just less so other things. But, um, Andre, careful what you say, my friend. We're still very cool. Very, yeah, very cool. cool. Come on, man. Coolness hasn't got anything to do with age, right? So um, Completely. Completely. Yeah. I mean, John, you, you just mentioned the the pace of technology uh, hmm. what do you think how how can we all keep up with that pace and do you think that there are people that get left behind because they're not able to to be as fast as the technology evolves two good questions so num number one what do i think about the pace of change well um i used to i i love working in the ingredient sections of the the technology world uh, uh, my time in carriers uh, and wholesale have, have, have given me a real passion for the ingredients when the, the, the guys that make the silicon chips the original guys uh, intel and ericsson and all those guys there was a guy called uh, moore who established moore's law moore's law talks about the, the power of um, microtransistors doubling in power every blah, 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 blah. 
Um, at, at some point, that doubling uh, has to stop, or does it just get smaller and does it go tripling? So I think the pace of change is just here to stay. 2024 will be the year potentially of spatial computing, r- uh, augmented and virtual reality coming as one, which you need high power connectivity and networks. Um, again, a bit of a plug for that article I wrote because. I wrote about that. Um, But that's great topics for people like us because it's our life. It's our world. Customers don't care uh, about how fast things are changing. They care about the impact it has on their lives. In the UK at the moment, for example, banks are getting closed in small villages and towns, meaning actually we might be creating cashless towns, which will create a problem. So to answer your question, um, I think we on this call and our generation and the generations that we are leading we need to be aware that not ever not technology is not built equal and we need to be the guardians of the generation down and up so it's up to us to ensure that we're doing things to advise and work with companies to help those get access andre and that uh, and that is regardless of gender outlook uh, preferences culture geography everyone should get the right to take their life in a different direction with technology that, puts that, a was lot a, that was of a big question. <laughs> it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on us, though, John, don't you think? It, it, well, it, it kind of. The good news is I don't think there's a KPI that we're going to have to hit this month for this, Andre. <laughs> so, um, Christian, you may need to forecast this for year-end rather than just this quarter. So, um, But I think everyone's got a, everyone's got a role to play. I, I, I'm, being, I'm not being serious, but I, I think but we are the generation, and I'm being, I am being serious on this, we are the generation with the keys to this. So we either do something and show up and talk, about sustainability or we don't i think it's up for us to do something john you spoke about like the banks in the uk that those ones have to close in small towns we got the same topic on the continental side of europe for bakeries for instance how do you see the role of sales and marketing if you see how bakeries have to close on the other side i see smart bakeries who do a lot of stuff with videos who do stuff with christmas time right now or harry potter always using them something new you got some advice on those topics I think retail, if we, we think about what a baker is as a, a creator and a maker, but ultimately a shopkeeper or a retailer, I think retail has had the biggest impact in the last five to seven years about the challenges that the economy and technology has created. But on the other hand, it's also enabled a great deal of opportunity opportunity it would be difficult to have this chat with a baker that's gone out of business because some people are making online purchases but at the same time an online uh, vendor has, has to get the bread or the pastries from somewhere so the value chain may just adapt uh, and I, I guess people have got to be looking more and more into the future on where they sit and where net present and future value is hold but no uh, crystal ball on that Christian I mean it's a it's a tough challenge that we however blockchain uh, spatial computing um, all of these things they, well they didn't exist a few years ago but new jobs are getting created from that I'm not being very clear what I'm saying is it's a tough question especially as you already mentioned videos right so video is a powerful medium as we already experienced right now in this podcast on the other side AI is taking it to the next level we have AI for video thumbnail 
business, we have AI for music composition. How do you see tools fit into the future of technology and business? Uh, it's a great question. Um, there's always been technologies that have been that have been uh, talked about ending the world, <laughs> changing the world. That's a bit, bit dramatic. Changing the world. Don't know, people are going, um, but there's been loads. I would say, have you seen the movie uh, Jerry Maguire? You seen the movie? Jerry Maguire? Well, he, he goes, show me the money, right? Into a, into a mirror. When it comes to AI, show me the money. How are people going to make or save or create uh, money from, from this? Because it can, but there's a lot of sand pit toys to play with that don't generate any any value um so I, my answer my, to my, my question is um and this is a fame more famous quote uh of recent times our jobs are probably not going to get replaced by ai but they will be impacted by somebody using ai because they might be quicker smarter and more adaptive to the job so Maybe useful to think about that. Your job's probably okay, but it will be impacted by someone who's using AI for part of your job. That's That encourages people to learn, experiment, get on with it. Things change, you know. Yeah, I mean, my take would be that we need to be the ones that use AI first, right? And understand right. How, how AI can really help us and be more effective. And I think then that's the way to success as well. I agree. One thing is a build, all of us everywhere have been using AI for years. It's just come into a bit of software which we can type in now. But all of us have been using AI for years. Netflix, um, Xbox, all of this stuff is built on AI. This is not new. John, we touched on the intersection of technology and sustainability, but let's shine a light on hidden tech. What are some examples of hidden technology that are quietly revolutionary for industries? Uh, well, uh, again, I'm biased on this because I'm a massive fan of the ingredients of the technology world. So the fact that the internet runs not in clouds but across wires that go on the bottom of the sea between New York and the UK through through the continent to Frankfurt that hidden part of technology is I find amazing and the fact when you go into your Facebook you're by the speed of light not going to the US but getting an exact copy that's based out of Dublin or Frankfurt or Dusseldorf and you've All of this stuff fascinates me. I believe this hidden stuff is amazing. But in your world, what I love is the fact of the Internet of Things or the Internet of Everywhere is buried into a lot of things. Now, in Germany, I, I hear you guys make quite a few cars, no? Right? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but there's connectivity. The best ones, there, there it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's a lot of... Uh, here's the question. Is a car now a car? Or is it a tablet on wheels? That's my answer to the question, my friend Christian. I think uh, technology has moved to to actually define the things we do. Let's say, let's say that at least it's got some SIM cards built in it. Put uh, it this uh, way. Yeah. I, I, I can I can imagine. But I, 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 to your point, Christian, I, I I actively research the hidden parts of technology. It's my job. It's my interest. It's my passion. The, The podcast, uh, the report I've just written on uh, with Ericsson talks about that really, really specifically, and I, I love that stuff. So I would say that I would still say cables under the sea. Forget it. Everything I've said, cables under the sea. That's my favorite bit of tech. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Quick fire round. Exciting. Yeah. So now before we wrap up, John, let's have some fun with a quick round of unique questions. Are you ready? Uh, uh, well, given that you didn't tell me this was happening, then as well as I, I can be, yes. What's the most exciting sustainable tech gadget you've come across recently? 
What a question. The, the recycling of Fairphone. Fairphone. A, a, a small organisation that built a completely modular device, deconstructed the way I thought about a mobile device completely. That. John, if you could use AI to create a theme song for the future, what would it sound like? It would sound like Della Soul's track three, because that's again, one of my... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. It's my favorite album. It would sound something like those guys. Those guys are, are famous for cutting in samples from a variety of different influences. It would sound like that, but cooler and with more me. Next one. In a world powered by sustainable tech, what's the first thing you'd want to see transformed? 100% electric vehicles. 100%. With enough capacity in the grids, with enough charging points, no petrol cars, no, no fossil fuels being used at all. Pure electric cars. That's a big, that was a big answer. Wasn't it? That was a big yeah, answer. It, it's pretty big. And my feeling currently in the society is that there are two two parts of people. One's the ones that, that think like you, John, and the other ones are more backward looking and don't believing in, in uh, EVs and, and this kind of technology. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But that, that would be my, if I made it straight overnight. 100% electric cars. So that's one question we ask everybody of you guys being the guest here on our show, which is, what is the one single advice you would give to young leaders? And this needs to be a smart answer now, John. Ah, damn. Well, firstly, they need to listen to the Della Soul <laughs> album. Um, uh, so um, I think I'll go back to the top of the conversation, folks. Very early, I was very clear about the things that drive me as an individual. And as a reminder from the top of the call, it is technology, it's people, but it's having fun. And I got to be the real me quite early in my career and I'm still that guy and my recommendation to any new leader was be that person because people will follow the real version of you not the projected or fake version that you want to create so that that's it is that smart enough yeah. come on yeah, I, I, uh, yeah I'm, I'm really amazed about this answer John so lots to think about very great answer okay John, nice one John thank you so much for joining us today Well, you're really welcome. Thank you very much, Christian, for this. Andre, it's been great to chat. And for everyone that's listening, uh, you can ha you can find me on LinkedIn, by the way. I've gotten a great video recently. Hook me up. Yeah, and you got some more followers than we do. So we need to yeah, keep up with your pace. And we will definitely put you on the show notes so everybody can find you on LinkedIn. Super. Thank you so much, my friend. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Remember, the future is green, innovative and full of exciting possibilities. 